0: to write it off as like, okay, that's test fluid; It's part of the game. I have to see it through. And after a couple of years of doing that, and I, I would do my blood work every month or every three months, i check my C-reactive protein levels because I know that's important for inflammation and preventing cardiovascular disease later down, you know, down the line. And my, my CRP levels would always be elevated on cycle and then come down. And first I thought, maybe it's training intensity. So you go into the literature, you can't really find any conclusive evidence that You know, hypertrophy workouts or strenuous workout raises CRP levels that much. I'm talking about high sensitivity CRP levels of five, 10, 12, 15. I've I've seen it up as high as 50.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome back to Muscle Minds with Scott Stevenson, and we are joined by the one and only Vigorous Steve today. Guys, all of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for some additional savings on high-quality third-party tested health and performance supplements. And if, you're, if you are in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. You can get a lot of good deals over there. Uh, I'm excited for this. We have the, the meeting of the minds, and before the show, we realized we have Steve... We have Scott Stevenson and Scott. So there's like, we're going to get each other's names wrong here at some point or another today. I'm sure of that. But we're going to do our best. Yes. Steve, thank you for hanging out with us, man. This is going to be a blast.
0: Anytime. It's always a blast to join you guys. And it's uh, my greatest honor to be in your presence. The two (laughs) scots of the Think Big Bodybuilding (laughs) Media Channel. Yes. Dude. I've been waiting for this for a long time. Long time.
1: I'd wanted to say thank you by the way. Uh you had some really nice feedback uh that you shared about our programming with your audience. Uh and yeah. you know, you had said nice things about Scott and our show. So we, we're not as big as your show is uh and, and we appreciate the the push along. That's uh that's awesome. So, really thank you. So that's
0: the funny thing is because before I started my YouTube channel, I was following you guys. Right, muscle mind. Since it was on the Advices Radio website, yes. So there was no,
1: there was no YouTube just,
0: channel. What's saying is
2: that you grew many times faster than we have. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're late to the game and you're already bigger than us. I get it. That's yeah, how we're
0: gonna roll. I, today. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not about. That. I got a huge push. I got a huge push from Derek, right? From Derek, more plates, more dates, because he right. kind of took me under his wing. So he told me about it. You have to manage your YouTube like this and do your thumbnails and make the titles a little bit clicky not descriptive titles but you know thought-provoking and interesting titles but in in reality i've been a bodybuilding fan for well 20 over 20 years and and this show is part of that so this is always like a a check mark for me like how long is it going to take before i'm on think big (laughs) (laughs) so now finally made it yes 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 now now you're
2: successful
0: yeah, now I'm finally successful. Yeah, but I think a lot of bodybuilders see it, no, but a lot of bodybuilders see it like that because we we you know we watch you guys and and you know we go to the Mountain Dog website or we, we purchase a How to Be Your Own Bodybuilding Coach ebook, right? And and then at one point you get to talk to you know people who are on that level, and then you're like, finally, I've I've landed in the bodybuilding space. So for me, it was always you know trying to get on this show. And the weird thing is when I go on bio bros, it's so relaxed, you know, with Derek and Leo. And, and then yeah. this, this makes me a little bit nervous to be honest. <laughs> so I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs>
2: no, it's all good, man. You put out really good stuff. I mean, I, I think Thank Scott you. first, well, I, I was aware of you, who knows how, like it all kind of blurs together. Mm-hmm. I was aware of you. And then Scott mentioned that maybe you'd mention us once, but I didn't see it. Cause I don't, I don't do the best job probably of tracking down all the mentions, but, I mean, it's you know, just—it's it's, okay. you're doing great stuff, man. You really are. You. I'm really happy that you're on here because yeah. some of your messages. I mean, there's also all, all the cross-platform sharing of information is important. Yeah, and you're yeah. mixing things together kind of in the way that that uh, I have tried to at least is you got yeah. the bro aspect. You're in the trenches. You've been doing this for a while, and then. Science has something to say as well about all of this. So you're, you're, yeah, you're mixing things together in a way that's, that's very, very
0: important, I think. We we, we have to because the, the scientific evidence is based on particular medical situations. Now, you, you've published a couple studies yourself that are really aimed towards bodybuilders, but there's space so far and few between. So we kind of have to decipher and we're still trying to piece everything together. And I think the more people who are on YouTube doing that, the better. And I always felt that, you know, with bodybuilders, people, they're always a little bit hesitant to really release all their own personal information. You know, what they do with their cycle, the dosages, the health screening that's needed, or they don't do the health screening. So I just wanted to do, create a one-stop shop where everything is talked about, including the weird stuff. And, and, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the yeah, I don't, I don't mind, you know, shying back because bodybuilding is very obscure, you know, certain yep. things. And, uh, but it's also very interesting and, and, and trying to piece it together is, is one of my, uh, yeah, passions. Absolutely. So I always got inspired by you. Um, every time I watch muscle minds, I have to pause and go to PubMed and then do reading and then, and then take notes and then come back. Yeah. But that's how we learn, right? Because yeah, like absolutely. years, ag- years ago, you talked about the sexual hormone binding globulin receptor complex. And I was mm-hmm. like, but what about proviron? Like so many others. Yeah. So I, I went to PubMed, I started researching, and then I came back to finish the rest of the podcast, you know, an hour or two later. And ever since then, I've been trying to, you know, learn more and tell people, Said you know, SHBG is not the devil. You can oh. actually get some anabolism out of it, you know, if you keep it somewhat elevated, because, you know, the cyclic adenosine monophosphate concentrations in the skeletal muscle also help with androgen receptor activation. Mm-hmm. So... It's um, it, it's always eye opening listening to you too. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thanks. There's lots of so the rabbit holes are endless. That's that's the thing. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. really, like I, I have, and I've been doing this for a while. So, oh yeah, right on. Uh, I'm reading the uh, Brian Shaw. Good morning. I can't sense.
1: I can't yeah. bring comments up Sorry. while Scott's talking because it I, totally thinking, sidelines like, it's like him. I you know, Being raised, <laughs> in the audience. So there's a question. I got to
2: stop. Right. And that's an old habit from teaching. But literally, I have found that when something's brought up on a discussion board, or you know, anywhere along the line, I'm talking with someone in the gym or what have you, I can dig and dig and dig, and eventually I will find some sort of a related rabbit hole that gives some information that will sort of a, shine a light of, of information on whatever that topic is. It's there in the literature. Yeah. So, like you know, the SHBG thing and megalin, which I think we might get, get into. I'm sure. That was one of the topics we we're going to think about talking today, about today. Uh, there's something there, and I always try to suggest, if you've got, if you can read, and English is your native tongue, you've got the ability to decipher a, a substantial amount of that, and Steve, I don't know what you're, I mean, you're obviously a very, very bright guy, so that helps, too, and curiosity, I think, is always number one, and that, I think you've got exactly. a spade. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if, you, if, you're, if there's a desire to dig in on the information, you can literally be sort of a self-taught, I don't want to use the term negatively, bro scientist, but you can, you can gather a lot of, mm-hmm. of information that will help you guide your decisions. If you want to agree. read past the abstracts yeah. and just mm-hmm. what's said there, because that's kind of the issue is that there's the abstracts, are, they just kind of, um, it's like the front door. It's like, oh, that house looks great from the outside. What's really <laughs> yeah. going on indoors? You know, you got to open in, exactly. walk around. Is it a front? And that actually happens that, sometimes. But
0: I think it with, with a lot of studies, a lot of people, they, they read the abstracts, but they don't really dive in. So sometimes the studies are only published as the abstract, but you can actually go to Science Hub and type in the, the uh, DOI code and get the entire paper. And then if you really read through the paper, you know how to decipher the methods of analysis and where how the study was performed, then you realize some of these results are or the discussion is not really applicable to what we're doing, but you can only take a little segment out of it that's not mentioned in the abstract. So and then of course you have to use, you know, a little bit of basic human biology, which a lot of people nowadays don't really seem to be interested in, which is a shame. So if you piece together the studies and the biology and then the pharmacology of the drugs that we're all using, or most of us, then slowly and, but surely, everything starts to fall into place. Yeah. And uh, But it's, it's good to see everything is still evolving in our community. You know, you, you bring mm-hmm. new things to the forefront and I try to educate things that I've learned and, you know, it's a little bit of bro science here and there, but, you know, you have to extrapolate a little bit from the evidence to fill in the gaps. It's, it's it's not complete yeah. I, I feel even you
2: know? and and Brad Schoenfeld, Schoenfeld gets gets um, sort of pushed in this direction for instance talking about the high volume studies that he's done and mm-hmm. he said repeatedly and I've reiterated even the studies that are as pretty much as directly applicable to bodybuilding like to training studies mm-hmm. where you're training looking at muscle growth those are still just pointers Hmm. Yeah, those are still there still still aren't like this is okay. You need to do exactly 28 sets for your legs in hmm. order to get the optimal amount of growth. Biological interindividuality rules the roost, especially yeah. in bodybuilding. And hmm. it's it's almost like I want I'd almost go so far as to say we all as humans, we have this nearly addictive like intellectual tendency to want to put things in boxes and yeah. say it's mm-hmm. either this or that, black or white. Absolutely. There's no gray zone because it 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 it, come, it can release us from cognitive dissonance of like I I experience this, but I read this, and I can't put these two ideas together. It doesn't make <laughs> sense to me. But yeah. it actually can be. And this is I have a, um, a one of my favorite talks to give is entitled "Why You Don't Look Like a Pro," and then the sort yeah. of subtitle mm-hmm. is probably heard me mention it, is and why yeah. you're not running in the Olympics, why you're not a world-class pianist, why you're not a engineer for NASA, et cetera. So there's all these things that are biologically, genetically determined in large part, at least 50% on average, you find that that's somewhere where it lands. And no one would say, you know what, if I just train hard enough, I I can run faster than Usain Bolt Um, because people recognize that there's a genetic component and probably something that happened, you know, where he grew up as well probably Mm -hmm. contribute as he's developing but as bodybuilders it's like if i just take enough gear i'm gonna look (laughs) like ronnie coleman and you know as much as that's repeated i've heard that for decades now and then i've heard it shit on for decades now but it's still something that you know it bears repeating because it's still a mindset you don't really know until you've kind of gone that far you know And, Mm -hmm. and not that we're suggesting that you try to do that try to mimic whatever drug one of my favorite video types is when people say, this is what this person's taking from how they look. Oh.
0: I don't oh, know if those yeah, are big yeah. anymore. I got some like, of that myself also.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's on this. This I can tell that. No, no, no. It's 600 Primo and, and you know, he's on 15 milligrams of ball. It's very specific how they can somehow yeah. judge from from your look it's crazy yeah
0: yeah that's that's our community though it's usually not the people that are actually in the community they're a lot outside looking in they're not part of the you know they haven't been backstage they haven't coached athletes and well because when you coach athletes you realize that it's space so far between the dosages and, and that's why bodybuilding is so much fun because there's a lot of information out there you just have to make it your own and then you're a bodybuilder and then you have to persevere through it for 20 years 30 years which is, I think, where a lot of people also kind of fail. Like, I took a year off here to travel, and then you take another six months off to do, you know, some health things that you need to resolve, or or you go do other things. Right? You're too busy to train, and I think there's with the consistency over decades. That's where a lot of people get successful, even yeah. if they, um, you know, they might not know so much, or or they do things totally wrong, actually. But the consistency eventually pays off. And it's also the, the inability to do consistency where a lot of bodybuilders fail, myself included, because I've, I've taken lengthy periods off here and there. And then you just slowly get back down to baseline. Like right now, I'm slowly going back down to baseline. And then I need to pick up the consistency again. And then I start to look like a bodybuilder. Yeah. So. Did you, yeah. did,
2: did you find that you didn't, like you didn't have a strong muscle memory effect? You didn't when you took that year oh, off? Yeah,
0: Huge, okay. huge. It, it, okay, it comes okay. back super fast. But if you take a year off, that's a year of no progress. And then you need four months, six months maybe, depending on your level of development, to really mm-hmm. get back to where you were. Um, so now I'm taking three months kind of a rest, kind of detoxify, and it's too hot in Thailand anyway.
1: Yeah. And I'll
0: know that I'll be back. Yeah, I'll be back in two months. But, you know, hovering around 230 pounds is okay for me. You know, Don't need to be yeah. 250, 260 anymore. All right, guys. Listen, How are you, Steve? Steve? I'm going to jump in here because we've got okay. we've got a bunch uh, of stuff. Thirty-eight years old. Yeah.
2: How tall though? I was wondering. Like, oh, tall.
1: Oh, a five uh, five nine. <laughs> sorry.
2: Okay, oh, that's big, dude. All right, right on. Okay, sorry. Yeah, guys, yeah.
1: Steve's a big dude. There's no question about it. All right, though. We I wanted to get into yeah. our topics though before we uh, before the show ended. We should talk some, we should talk our stuff because because uh, we had some good stuff here and, and uh, it was great because Steve, being the YouTuber he is, uh, I was like, hey, you got any ideas that you'd like to talk about? And he gives me this list of like 30 things, uh, all great topics, though he doesn't understand that with Scott, th- that would be like the next <laughs> 25 episodes right there if we did all of them. Uh, but there was one I really wanted to get to because... Uh, This is something that Scott and I had talked about before, like at the 100th episode anniversary of Muscle Minds. Mm -hmm. If you guys hadn't seen that stuff, I should put a card in here. Go back and watch that stuff because uh, we covered everything from one on drugs, one on training and one on nutrition. And they all go really deep. They kind of summed up like the previous 99 episodes. But a topic that came up again recently made me realize that some of our newer listeners might not have watched those episodes uh, and Steve's idea was a, a discussion on carrier oils, which cause systemic inflammation uh, and how the dynamic viscosity rating and injection site affects the half-life of different steroid esters. This is something that came up again just on uh, uh, drugs and stuff with Dave Crossland the other day. So I thought it would be really great to to get back into this because I, I spent a, a lot of my competitive years Bodybuilding not knowing, thinking that like, okay, I, I look I look on the websites and I see the half life of testosterone sipinate is ten point five days versus the half life of test E is seven point six three two five days or whatever. And I took that as gold, as the Bible. Uh, Scott, can you talk a little bit more about first of all about these half lives and, and and these records that we have online? Like this isn't necessarily the truth, is it?
2: Yeah, that's well, where to start. First of all, uh, maybe it would be important to link to Steve's, maybe the whichever ones he thinks are most important. Steve's videos on these topics because he's got like at least an, a solid hour where he goes through each of the carrier oils, talks about solvents, he talks about C-reactive protein, the uh, the inflammatory effect that you can measure on yourself with using the sensitive CRP test. Great stuff. It's really really good. We didn't talk about that, but so
1: send send me those, Steve. After okay. we're done, I'll make yeah, sure I'll, that I'll those, ensure, those are. Do, yeah, I'll put those to make sure they're in the description, so people can check those. I'll send out. the
0: videos and the links, and they're in the uh, in the sort of videos and the article that goes along with those videos. And there, I have of all the pharmaceuticals which are available in the world, pharmaceutical grade that is, not the underground labs.
1: Yeah,
0: I index which carrier oils they contain. Nice. So basically all the pharmaceuticals, if they use sesame oil, olive oil, ethyl oleate, which people should avoid, um, arachis oil, which people should avoid, you know, so I indexed all of that. It took me a couple hours to put that together, but it's um, it's, it's very valuable content because right, the carrier oil can cause inflammation, but it's also a little bit person dependent. So please, please give that a watch or a, and, a, and a read because it's it, it will prevent cardiovascular disease for <laughs> sure.
2: Yeah, So we've got a situation just kind of stepping back to basics is that when you've got an injectable, esterified, let's just take testosterone, intake, kind of your basic mm-hmm. typically TRT prescribed you've got a carry oil that's in there, you've got a solvent to help bring everything into solution and that carry oil can vary in viscosity and castor oil is is the one I think Steve you, you, you really dig it can take a yes. while to get that in there but it's very very thick yeah. um, and you yes. can imagine then that once you've injected, let's say, a mill, you've got a depot there. It contains the, the carry oil and it contains the, the test as, as an enanthate. So that's basically the, the steroid molecule. And there's this fatty acid chain on there. And I think I used, I came up with some sort of analogy with like um, Velcro and animals while you're driving down the highway, something like that, when I described this previously. Mm-hmm. And the, the literally the length of that fatty acid chain is the primary determinant of how fast that that esterified, in this case, testosterone is going to leave that mm-hmm. depot because it's kind of like an yeah. anchor. It's like it's like stickiness. It's the length of the mm-hmm. Velcro tail sticking to the the other side of the Velcro in the in the depot where the carrier oil right, is. Right,
0: before it leaves. Yeah,
2: yeah, but that carrier oil also makes a difference. Yeah, and yeah. that you can tell with castor oil because it, it stays for quite a while. It's like having a whole lot of Velcro, so that that. Testosterone can't free itself. It keeps on getting caught up, so to speak. So once, let's say that a molecule of testosterone, enanthate, has made its way into the, the, uh, this is one of the things you also brought up, Steve. I think it was one possible question. Made its way in the the bloodstream. We've got, yeah, we've got at least one one enzyme, of seven beta phosphodiesterase that's in the liver that then cleaves away that Velcro tail, the enanthate, the fatty acid mm-hmm. and then you've got your free testosterone which another topic is going to go and be bound to albumin, serum hormone binding globulin or be free a very small percentage on which mm-hmm. way you measure it and then that would bind to the androgen receptor and do the things that we're hoping it yeah. would do or it would it could be brought into the cell with SHBG through the megalin receptor and that's a whole other ball right. of wax but basically getting from what you inject to a free testosterone molecule is dependent upon the the ester that's there so enanthate or propionate or acetate those latter two are faster because the carbon chains shorter less velcro sticking it to the site and then the, the ball of a velcro at the depot depends on the carrier go ahead steve
0: Yes, yeah, because the, the length of the amount of um, carbon atoms, I believe in the ester determines kind of how fast it can metabolize with the esterases. And the carrier oil, what you see is that when it has a higher dynamic viscosity rate, it means it's thicker, but it also means that it disperses through the muscle slower. So people think that when they inject a milliliter of testosterone inethate, it remains a ball, but that's not the case, it disperses and so that's why if you inject in the glute, which is a larger muscle, as this oil disperses, it creates a bigger surface area where the lipases, the, the, the enzymes that metabolize fat, can actually break this apart and turn it into mm. little fat droplets. So you see with castor oil, if you suspend testosterone in there, the half-life actually increases to 33.9 days. And I believe that the 12 day half life of testosterone enanthate was determined was a tea, tea oil or tea, uh, peach There's oil?
2: Tea oil. I saw that study. Yeah. Peach oil or tea oil. Yeah.
0: Peach yeah. oil. Never yeah. heard of that one.
2: Something like that.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. One of, one of the Moldova brands uh, uses peach oil or tea oil. Oh, here's the okay. thing that's
2: important. So, you, Steve, you gave a very specific number there that refers back to that one particular study. And that's yeah. an average from that study. And here's the thing. Mm-hmm. That was a glute injection, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you go to the delt, you've got a different size muscle.
0: you exactly. different
2: activity. Yeah. And some of that simply could be, and here's the thing, like if we're just thinking like in terms of brute mechanical forces on that depot, if you, and I'd love to see a study, this is an easy one, what happens if you, if you inject and then you make sure you spend two minutes really dispersing that depot? Oh, so You yeah. just change mm-hmm. the surface area and everything. What if you yeah. inject and then you sit on your butt, you know, literally, and don't do anything. You're in front of your computer for the next two <laughs> hours versus you inject and then you go train. Hmm. This is yeah. important, mm-hmm. too. Like, if you've injected, and this is what a lot of people do. They'll inject in the muscle they're going to train,
1: mm-hmm. which
2: I'm actually not entirely on board with because there's a possibility. Once you've got that there, especially if it's like castor oil and it's going to stay mm-hmm. there. Now you've got tremendous mechanical force. You've got basically mm-hmm. kind of a foreign body in the muscle.
1: Sure, yeah.
2: And now you're now you're putting under maximal tension the possibility that you're creating damage. So you do that again and again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And you see the common thing, you'll see, see guys who have either bumps in their delt, you know, and that might yeah. be from something like wind straw, which is a whole other scenario. But you also then f- find flattened delts oftentimes. And I oh, wonder if there's if,
0: necrotic or non-functional.
2: Yeah, necrotic. there may be mm. some nerve damage, but literally you're 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 going in, you're traumatizing that muscle to some extent when you're training that's kind of the purpose is to mm. really put it under massive load. And now it sort it' be sort of like, imagine you you know thinking about like the suspension on your car. if you go and just take a giant rock and stuck it underneath one of your leaf springs, you know. Just stuck it in between the leaf, or your leaf spring. If anyone knows a leaf spring, you'd have a. Like, it's like you got a huge bump in there. Like it might lift the right. suspension more and create more tension in that one particular mm. spot. Yeah, but your right. chances that you're going to damage and maybe excessively damage to the point of sort of semi permanent or prolonged injury, or that you know a dead spot a necrotic spot, I think can mm-hmm. go up. Um, and especially so. if you've got something that's inflammatory, like you chose the wrong solvent, or you've got a synthetic oil in there which is inflammatory or or like we had on dave's on the drugs and stuff show the question that i popped in for a few days ago scott was the guy was having problems he was trying every combination of solvent and carry oil and everything and he's still getting incredible post-injection pain yeah and so like for a guy like that to to inject into a muscle that he then goes and trains could be diabolically bad for that muscle. Yeah,
0: I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Do you think that, so with MCT oil is getting more popular with the underground labs or the home brewers, because you don't need so yeah. much solvents because it has some solvent-like properties. Do you think that's a better oil for pre-workout administrations compared to like the castor oil Because in it disperses so, oh, yeah, yeah, in the muscle that you're going to train because it's, it disperses so rapidly, right? The, the dynamic viscosity rating. Somebody told me it was 17. I couldn't find it myself, but.
2: Interesting. Yeah, well, yeah. I, think, I think, is that is that derived from coconut oil? Usually? Yeah,
0: so the, the yeah. So not the refractured miglior stuff, the 812 or 817 or 840, whatever the yeah. number is. So that's, re, that's refractioned coconut oil. This is like pure MCT that's just purified. I think there's USB yeah. grade. On the market. So, I don't homebrew, yeah. so I'm not exactly sure.
2: Yeah. Well, the one thing about coconut oil that if you buy like Twin Labs, I don't know if you still make this, they're MCT oil, and you look mm-hmm. at the length of the, of the, the uh, esterified fatty acids in there, you've got a different links than if you look at coconut oil, which probably varies depending on the time of the year and the coconuts and everything else. But mm-hmm. you have a right. lot of um, laurel, um, laureate um, or lauric yeah. acid, which I think is six carbons on it. Not so much octanoic acid, which is the one that has been most studied, I think, in terms of freely entering into the cell um, and not and being rapidly oxidized, more like a carbohydrate versus, versus right. fats typically are. So it, it depends on the MCT oil, where they're getting it, potentially, as far as that effect. But the interesting thing about that question is, if you're injecting into the muscle before you're training, you're trying to, like, increase this... This pump effect, this stretch effect, this is the, mm-hmm. the idea of you know, site enhancement. Is that to some degree, just having the chronic stretch there, just like in the right. stretch overload models with quail and you know, other other p- pieces of evidence that point to stretch being important for muscle growth. You want that stretch there to some degree in the right amount mm-hmm. to turn on the hypertrophic process. That's why you did it. So if you if you inject water, let's say it's just water, go to the one end of the spectrum, it's in and out. Maybe that's what you want. I don't know. Like, where where's the appropriate dose response? We've got you know too little; it made no difference. And then you've got mm-hmm. just enough extra stretch. Let's say it's in a weak muscle group you're trying to bring up. Then you have an additive stimulus that you somehow can't evoke because you don't have a good mind muscle connection, or you're picking the wrong ex- exercise or what have you. Right. And then mm-hmm. you go too far, and maybe you're with actually impaired. <laughs> and then yeah, and then you then you're just blowing out the muscle, and you're gonna. You might get more muscle. You might get a bigger amount of tissue there, but it may be scar tissue. You know. Yeah, so, we we have
0: enough Olympians uh, doing that already. I think. Yeah. You know, there's a couple guys yeah. in the Olympia states that are, have massive delts, too massive yeah. to uh, yeah to be legitimate. It's, yeah. uh well, But but it's so for- it it it. I think it's very funny to see that, you know the. The pharmacol- pharmacodynamics change quite a bit depending on where you inject, which carrier oil you take, the, the injection volume, and then you know. I think, of course, individual response, but you know, I'm sure everybody's well aware of that. Um,
2: well, it's huge, did though. You, I mean, you know, uh, Steve, how how much variability have you seen in your like clients that are on TRT in terms of what they need to stay in quote unquote optimal range? It's it's all it's like two or three folds. It's range. all over the
0: place. Yeah, it's yeah. all over the place. Yes, some people need 100 or 150, and some people need 300. And of course, the metabolism of of the drugs. Some people metabolize drugs way faster than others.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then, Dr. Yeah, Chrysler, do, who's passed, used to, to yeah. talk about rapid metabolizers. I heard back. I mm. had some clients who mm-hmm. worked with him, and they're like that. That's sort of a term. I think. He, I think that's what he. I think that's what he called it. But yeah, yeah, it's, hyper it's hyper
0: metabolizers, something like mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm going yeah. to do my my next cycle. I'm going to do 100% sub Q. No kidding. Because right. I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, next cycle, it's not going to be that much. So it's going to fluctuate between like 300 milligrams of test and primo total and then 600. Uh, that's kind of where I draw the line nowadays. And I'm going to attempt to do that all sub Q. It's going to be pharmaceutical, uh, Bayer Testoviron and Bayer rimabolin. And then okay. do all of that sub Q to see if my serum levels change of testosterone and if the the response is going to change, but I also don't want to do this repetitive glute shots anymore because I feel, yeah, there's so much scar tissue there now that it radiates to my knees
1: Mm. after,
0: after 10 years, 12 years. Yeah. And I have a deep tissue massage therapist. And after the last cycle, she was like, you got to stop doing these glute injections because you know, it's that, that's why your outer quads and your knees are starting to hurt now.
2: Oh man
0: so, yeah yeah i'm going through that scar tissue right now It just that's the only place that i inject I, I i never really did shoulders because you know you'll lose definition over time
1: it, you can you right. can right. repair it 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 will get better with a break because yeah. i had the same mm-hmm. thing and it that's just the worst when you're pushing the syringe in and you hear the crunches and the pops yeah. and you feel all that. Uh, but I found though that if you really give it a break for a long period of time in in mm-hmm. foam roll, and it sounds like you're doing some good stuff yeah. with deep tissue, give yourself like six months. And I bet you'll be a lot better.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm doing now. And you know, do the lac- lacrosse bowl. Yeah. I do that almost every day. So my, my, yeah, my upper glutes are not happy. Um, And then after that, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just going to stick to sub-Q, do it around the same area, and then hopefully prevent scar tissue buildup so I can, you know, build my quads a little bit more, uh, because I feel they start to suffer now due to the knee pain. And even though I'm avoiding all the inflammatory carrier oils for now five, six years, um, yeah, it's still, still creeping up on me, so. No more, no more intramuscular shots for me.
1: I wanted to hear more about that, the the thought on inflammation from carrier oils. But before we did, I wanted to ask, cause just to kind of refresh people, Scott. I mean, you were saying for some people, test e was as short of a half life as like three days. Previously, when we talked about this,
2: yeah, maybe I was looking at a, the figure we had. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. It it can be all over the place. The <laughs> thing. I've mm-hmm. got actually another question, follow-up question for Steve and then kind of another comment that's sort of important. You, when you see these pharmacodynamic studies, the half-life studies, it's it's usually it's just the first injection,
1: hmm, but yeah. we
2: have potential upregulation of the phosphodiesterase, the, the enzymes mm-hmm. that cleave the, that esterified fatty acid away, potentially, I don't know, over time. That's typically you, you expose the body to some sort of stimulus it has an adaptation. So those, that's why, that's why we, sw-
0: that's why we switch esters every month. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: there you go. Yeah. Who, who knows? Like, that's the thing, like that's, that was one of your questions and it's, you know, to what extent, I think I, I there's a study from like the fifties, you know, in rabbits, I believe, looking at, at, you know, just s- sort of generalized ester esterases that cleave, um, esterified steroid hormones cortisone testosterone what have you mm-hmm. who knows what variability we have there you so know, you're saying we could
1: get more efficient like in, in just normal people it, language you're saying we can get more efficient at breaking yeah. down the same master after repeated exposure
2: sure you've got that you've got changes in shbg you've got changes in megalin you've got this you have this whole system from the injection all the way down to the different ways in which the testosterone could enter the cell and act mm-hmm. on the energy receptor, um, be aromatized, be conjugated, gluconerated, be metabolized by the, the liver. Like all these things are, are changing in dynamic homeostasis at the same time. So like just going back to like the half-life calculators, those are cool. I mean, I, I dig the effort that people have gone into where they just sort of add them summarily and it just presume that biologically everything's just the same. It's like It'd be, it's almost, and I don't say this in a disparaging way, but almost saying like, you know what? You went in and you did three sets of 10 with 100 pounds and you're starting to get an effect. Just keep doing that. Like uh, there's no progressive yeah. <laughs> overload. There's no reason <laughs> to change it. Just keep on going and you'll right. be just fine. Yeah, yeah. No, the body adjusts to these things.
1: Huh.
2: So, but I, I think, Steve, with the, with the sub-Q, just because you tend to have more solvents in like an enanth or a propionate or an acetate, are you going to go for like a Nebido or something like that because you're going sub Q when you do? No, your No, I'm going
0: with the the, the iron in castor oil. That's about twenty okay. percent benzyl benzoate. Yeah, and then okay. what is it two two percent to three percent benzo alcohol, and then right. do zero point five okay. milliliter shots and foam roll it a little bit, disperse. Okay. See yeah. see if that yeah changes anything, just to prevent scar tissue buildup and you know yeah. Um, because yeah, I do think over decades, it kind of builds up and it doesn't it really get that much better. That. Yeah,
2: no. I had a client who had been doing sub-Q for like a year, less than two years for sure. Mm-hmm. And he'd kind of bulked up a little bit. And then we started dieting down and and he basically had caused some lipodystrophy there. The It was all in the, yeah. went in the same spot on his abs. And oh, now yeah. he had like kind of a oh, hole there, right. kind of like this, yeah, this disfigured spot that, it kind of sucked. He probably could have get it, got it, gotten it liposuctioned away, but mm.
0: yeah, that's yeah. I think I think my too. upper. Go ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry.
2: I was just gonna say. I think sometimes people are like, well, I'm going. I'm, I'm doing short act. I'm doing it like you know everyday sub Q. So I'm going to use, and these preparations are meant for intramuscular injection, not oh, for right. sub Q. I haven't seen. Maybe you've. You pay closer attention to this, I think, than I do. But I haven't seen a sub Q specific preparation. I don't even know if they're, if they're technically FDA approved for, for that. that. It's sort of an off market, um, an off script prescription that doctors will give. But so if you're saying I'm going to go with a you know a test propionate or maybe a like an even a test acetate, I think you can find with underground. Then you're looking at like probably potentially <laughs> the wrong choice because those will inflame like a like a mad dog. So yeah,
0: yeah, I'm sure. A, yeah, it's awesome. because metabolism yeah. is yeah. quite fake. So this is, um, you know, some of the self experimentation that I uh, like to do to get to a higher truth. Awesome. Kind of. Awesome. Yeah, find 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 a better solution for bodybuilders, and if it fails, I'll make a video about it. Said, okay, don't do what I do. Yeah, <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> and then uh, you know everybody will stick to intramuscular injections. I'm sure. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, Chrysler's got a video out there introducing this. And there's yeah. been several people. There's a good amount of research now looking at the at the sub-Q. It's like, I mean, you are brazenly going where no man has gone before to some degree.
0: No, I think John John the, Jewett is doing exclusively sub-Q also. Is he now? Okay. Yeah, that's what I what yeah. I saw in one of his videos. And uh, people were quick to point it out in the comment section. Steve, you're not the first. John, <laughs> John Jewett is already doing this. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he's one, one of the good guys also. So uh, yeah, yeah, we're about five weeks out for that experiment. And nice. I'll start again in June when the temperature comes down because now it's way too hot to be on the side. It's wow. way too
2: hot. You just stay inside with the air conditioner blowing on you when it's like this entire. Pretty weekend? much,
0: pretty okay. much, yeah. But in the, but we so we train in the evening. Me and Aaron, uh, a friend of mine who just moved here from China to uh, to Thailand. So we're training at eight o'clock in the evening when the temperature cooled down a little bit and there's not too many people in the gym we got a huge yeah. gym here, but it's without air conditioning. We, do, we only have a, a giant helicopter fan. Yeah, so you're sweating yeah. buckets. I, I, b- yeah. I bring a beach towel, and every time I soak through it, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah it's it's nasty. But it's it's good for the pores, yeah. they say.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll start again with the temperatures down a little bit, and I don't get heat stroke every time because we do like to train hard. And, uh, and Aaron uh-huh. is working his way up to 270 pounds again.
1: Nice.
0: So he definitely needs… Uh, He's a big guy. Yeah, He's big, yeah. He's a big guy, yeah, yeah. We we did all the basic uh, Dante Trudel and Fortitude training, so we uh, we what put. I think we went from like ninety five kilos to one hundred twenty five in three years. Nice. He's he's, he's built he's built cool. for this stuff. Yeah, he's he's oh, built yeah. for it. Yeah. Do you have yeah,
2: training videos cool. that people can check out?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, on my uh, on my Instagram page. So okay. we just got one of those, uh, you know, those Steadicam gimbals. So, we're going to film every workout. Oh, cool. And then uh, edit it nicely so people don't lose the attention span. Because, like for you guys, you like to see a one full working set straight, right? From start Absolutely. to finish. Absolutely. And then you get yeah. more excited every rep toward closer <laughs> to filling. Then you get another one. Is he going to do another one? But we have to be a little bit more of the editing um, <laughs> yeah, for, the, for a broader audience. So, we're going to make it super fancy and then do right the on. most intense reps. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be cool. uh,
1: Thank you for tuning in to another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. If we've provided value to you today, then please consider contributing to our show. You can help support the show through Patreon. Every $5 helps to pay for the software and the hardware and everything else that goes into making a podcast. You can also contribute by using our code at True Nutrition. True Nutrition has been our title sponsor for several years now. I'm super grateful for them. And I've believed in True Nutrition supplements long before they sponsored our programming. You could use our code THINK for health supplements and performance supplements. Feel free to hit me up if you have any questions. And if you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. They have free shipping over $99, huge discounts on overstock, short-dated, and label changed products. Plus, they have all your normal supplements too. Thank you guys for listening to the commercial. I hope you're having a great day and that your bodybuilding is going well. Let's get back to the shelf media nowadays. Hey, before we moved on from this topic, I did want to hear more of your guys' thoughts uh, on, on the inflammation factor yeah. uh, related to this. I, I'll tell you, this is something I hadn't really thought about in the past, and, and I figured out for myself, I remember I had... One particular lab that I had used, you know know what it's like when you find gear that you know works good, that you know it's dosed well, then there's no reason to like go shopping around and trying other places and risk not getting it or getting something that's not as good. So I stuck with this and I used it for years and years and years. I didn't connect this, but I started getting these stomach pains. And I think there were some other factors, but I started getting to the point where every time I took a shot, no matter what it was. I got this metallic taste, like that the trend cough yep. feeling, and it didn't matter mm-hmm. what compound it was, uh, I'd say one out of every three shots I would get this. And toward the end of a contest prep, I was doing shots every day. So mm-hmm. what I didn't figure was uh, I would take a shot, and then I'd get that metallic taste, kind of a little bit of heartburn feeling, and then it would go away. But then three hours later, four hours later, I would be in agony, like literally like knives in my stomach. I didn't connect it I because it was so long after. It wasn't until I was literally like one week out from the show and I took a shot and I headed to the gym, got that metallic taste, got that weird heartburn feeling. And because I was just so lean and so depleted, that night, it literally like it took me out for two days like I was on the couch yeah. in agony and it was only in hindsight that I was able to realize like, oh, this was directly connected to the, the shots that I'm taking. So yeah. I switched brands yeah. and and I found that with other brands, I, I haven't experienced this. I, once in a while, I still will, but it's, it's very rare now. And there had to be something really weird happening with with inflammation in there. Would be my guess. I don't know what it was, but I thought maybe I could get a little bit of more insight on this by listening to you guys talk about this. Steve's guess is better me.
2: than mine. Yeah. Well, you right, you know okay. you know the ins and outs. I mean, this this can be about ten things. You know, there's so many yeah. mistakes you can make, right? And this I'm not is, asking yeah. you
1: necessarily to answer my question, but it's my way to set this up to say that I'm freaking yeah. interested to hear more about it. Yeah. So I
0: had exactly the same issue Uh, many years ago when I was running uh, Indian supposedly pharmaceutical-grade compounds. We're not going to mention brands uh, because those guys uh, probably don't want this uh, out there. But (laughs) so here in Thailand, you can go to the pharmacy and and from uh, behind the counter on display, you can buy real pharmaceuticals. And some pharmacies in the back, they have Indian-produced or Thai-produced or Cambodian-produced pharmaceuticals that look like pharmaceuticals smell like pharmaceuticals, but are not registered through pharmaceuticals. So they come in ampules, beautiful packaging, serial codes, uh, inserts, right? It looks legit. So you think, okay, this high quality, accurately dosed, active pharmaceutical ingredient as mentioned on the label. So when you buy Test Probe, you actually get Test Probe the way you buy, buy Mastrone, you actually get Mastrone, not Test Probe, yeah. <laughs> like at so many underground labs. <laughs> nice. And so it, it, it looks great, right? And you run this these drugs, and then after the injection, like what uh, Scott said, uh, McNally said, um, you get you get like heartburn, you feel like a little bit of this supposedly test flu symptoms, you know, test flu, I'm sure people remember that. So you feel a bit like an allergic response, yeah. But you write it off as like okay, that's test fluid; it's part of the game. I have to see it through. And after a couple of years of doing that, and I, I would do my blood work every month or every three months, I check my C-reactive protein levels because I know that's important for inflammation and preventing cardiovascular disease later down, you know, down the line. And my my CRP levels would always be elevated on cycle and then come down. And first, I thought maybe it's training intensity. So you go into the literature; you can't really find any conclusive evidence that you know, hypertrophy workouts or strenuous workout raises CRP levels that much. I'm talking about high sensitivity CRP levels of five, 10, 12, 15, I've I've seen it up as high as 50, 50. It's crazy, crazy high, right? That's that's 10 times out of the reference range. Yeah, so imagine seeing your cholesterol at 2000, your total cholesterol. Wow. That, that, yeah, that, that would be a similar comparison, right? Because total cholesterol yeah. goes up to 200 milligrams per, per milliliter, disliter, and CRP up to five milligrams per liter. So 10 times higher. It's insane amount. Yeah. So I would go on a cycle and it would be like one, which is still too high. And then I switched to pharmaceutical grade and I didn't get that effect. So huh. I wondered, maybe it's something to do with the oil. So you go into message boards and people understand that ethyl oleate, some people would get an allergic response. People have known about this for years. I think even Base Killer Online had it on that website or for home brewing, one of the first. Um, you guys remember that website, Base Killer Online?
1: Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where I learned how to make my trend right. from pellets. Exactly, Absolutely. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So you get your uh, your phenolplex and uh, your coffee filter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. even there, they, these guys knew that ethyl oleate was, right, not a good uh, carrier oil solvent to use. So I really started looking into um, the carrier oils and I realized that ethyl oleate, propylene glycol, or polyethylene glycol, monoethylene glycol, uh, gucol or glycol, however you're going to pronounce it, migliol, um, are all highly inflammatory. And the problem is with these third world pharmaceuticals is that they never mention which carrier oil they use. So they, they say excipients, QS, quantity sufficient. So I went through all of the products don't and the test injections. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it, right? It, it's got trend in it. Yeah, you know? that's all. You, that's what you want, right? It's easy to inject. So the good thing about all these synthetic solvents is that they're the product is very easy to inject. So and smooth. I understand from a. Yeah, so it's it's like water you inject it then it, it it goes in smooth right not like castor oil. we sit there you know hammering on the plunger a hand and it still cramp. takes three minutes <laughs> yeah. you, need a, you need a bench clamp you know to get it in <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know you have to run into the wall you know um, so I, I would I would check everything and then do a test shot of test annotates, check my CRP markers come off, wait my CRP to come down and test another brand. So I realized that all of it is just garbage, all of it. Mm. And I I would tell people, you know, the easiest way to test it is just take a little bit of oil and wipe the ink off a syringe. If that's possible, then you probably, then your product probably contains a lot of the synthetic carrier oil, but you can also do that with MCT oil. So it doesn't exactly hold up. And then a oil, which is refined peanut oil that's part of cysteinon and that That is also highly inflammatory in some people. They get test flu symptoms, or feel a bit hot, or their CRP levels go sky high. Doesn't happen in everybody, it seems. Um, but that doesn't rub the oil off a, of the ink off a syringe. If you use a little bit of the oil and try that, so it's it's very difficult to determine which oils are good and which are not good. That's why I tell most people said either. Homebrew with MCT, if you know how to, or cottonseed or grapeseed, or sesame oil; those are all not inflammatory, and and you know dissolve uh, raws pretty steadily. Or stick with pharmaceutical grade, and then you run into the issue that pharmaceuticals are often counterfeited. Um, so it's yeah, it's a bit of a shit show if you don't yeah, want the inflammation.
2: The paint thinner test, maybe you could call that. You know, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> Is it a, exactly. A paint
2: thinner, and it's interesting. Yeah. Like, who's, who thinks chocolate is good, right? I mean, almost everyone mm. thinks... Well, I'm allergic to chocolate, actually. Mm. Chocolate doesn't work for me. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I am mean, I can I can have... I was deathly allergic to... Like, really could really fuck me up when I was a kid. I'm much better oh, with it now. Oh, man. Yeah. And the same thing goes just with, you know, with allergies in general. And with, you know, our sensitivities to different chemicals in so many different ways. The thing I, I wonder, and this is like... For those who're thinking like ah you know I'm 22 and I'm I'm indestructible I can just do this whatever I'm just going to mm-hmm. just pound just more trend who cares I really have and this is a very sort of generalized thought I'd love to hear your thoughts on this Steve because you looked at in inflammation I think a good bit is that mm-hmm. one of the things you have got sort of a hormetic curve with gear use like you you know you get there's a dose response more is better to some degree and what determines when that curve Starts downshifting towards more is not better is the amount of toxicity someone experiences. And it it could very well be um, that, you know, some people just have great resilience to toxicity or maybe, you know, they're trying to use just your normal amounts or, you know, not off the chart amounts. You could still classify it as abuse if it's anything above replacement. But, you know, it's they're not like they're not like, you know, like, oh, God, this guy's it's on, not on a Boston Lloyd of old days level type of thing. Mm-hmm. But instead, they're using normal amounts. But the toxicity they're getting and inflammation and maybe they're having sort of more sort of subclinical GI issues that are disturbing it. All those things that are compiling is because it's because of the carrier oil. Yeah. that They're using or the the solvent it could be the worst combination of both and they've got toxic stuff and they can't get the the effectiveness out of the active ingredient because it's loaded it's like it's a shit sandwich it's like the bread would be good but it's it's a shit sandwich it's not gonna work for you you know it's it's very true for a carb load right
0: yeah no it's it's very true so Right. Of course, the drugs that we take has some level of toxicity. And it, like you said, it's dose-dependent. But you get the additional burden of the carrier oil. And of course, some people are allergic to benzyl benzoate or benzyl alcohol. Um, that's why I've done a couple consultations in the past where people, add, they homebrew, and they ask me for a formula. And I, I told them, so well, you know, maybe you can do it in MCT, MCT exclusively, or maybe 1% benzyl alcohol. Mm-hmm. You stay hydrated because it gets... Detoxified through the kidneys. Um, so, right, so you make sure that you don't do your injection right upon waking when you're slightly dehydrated. You make sure that you get two liters of water in, then do your injection. And then, you know, uh, hopefully you can detoxify some of this alcohol that you're allergic to. And the rest is MCT. And then you might have to dissolve maybe 50 milligrams per milliliter. Um, if that's the highest concentration it can hold without falling out of solution. But I, I think foods can potentiate some toxicity, um, insane amounts of supplements, and then the carrier oil. And I think if you mitigate all of that, you can stay a lot healthier, uh, which we all know what's going to happen. We're going to, we have a margin now to increase the drugs in. And then instead of running a gram of gear, now we're healthier on 1.2 grams of gear <laughs> because we took the carrier oil out. Right. Right. Yeah. But I've, I've so over the last five years that I've been actively trying to share this information, I've gotten so many messages of people that changed their products mm-hmm. to either mm-hmm. reputable underground labs where they just mention, hey, this is cotton seed. We don't use ethyl oleate secretly. Mm-hmm. This is a, a cotton seed or grape seed, a little bit of benzyl benzoate, and a little bit of uh, benzo alcohol, and the rest <laughs> is um, low concentration active pharmaceutical ingredient." And they change that to something from the shit underground labs or the shit third world pharmaceuticals with these toxic synthetic carrier oils. They switch, and within a week they feel better. They feel amazing, and their white blood yeah. cells improve, right? Or their their neutrophil That's too. Yeah, uh, Yeah, cells, yeah. Neutroph- yeah uh, that 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 improves because they don't get this inflammatory inflammatory response from the oil. Their ferritin levels come down because they don't get high ferritin secretion from the liver because the liver is no longer inflamed. Their acid right. reflux goes down.
1: Acne. Uh, their skin improves. Yeah. yeah,
0: the acne improves. It's it's magic. And that's uh, that's why I'm always hard on uh yeah Bayer because they use the best carrier oil ever. And this nobody gets is issues with sponsored that. Sponsored
1: to you by Bayer. Use, Bayer. Code, <laughs> use code vigorous the next time you buy your yeah. cream of pollen. Yeah we're, and we're, full we're,
0: disclosure I have Bayer stock. I no longer have Pfizer stock, but I still have Bayer stock. <laughs> oh, good call. Full disclosure. Yeah. All right. I sold like, those a lot. they give you a right. thousand yeah, yeah.
2: followers right there. Oh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Bayer, if you want inflammation, you want some Bayer stock or some Pfizer stock. <laughs> yeah. If you want myocarditis- yeah, Pfizer stock is the way to go.
2: <laughs> you may have to cut that out later, Scott. That, may, that would make <laughs> yeah, you might
1: have to cut get that out. Steve's trying to yeah. sabotage our channel. He came in here to, yeah, get, us, see, to get us blocked. I see, I see you guys I is direct podcast. competition. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but, but you know, like a sort of a very um, sort of anecdotal observation that, um, that I've seen mentioned for years. And I'm not sure if I can. It's that a lot of times the guys who can get the biggest, just in a very general way, are the guys who seem to be able to handle the most stuff, so to yeah. speak. And, you know, some of that can just be the genetics of, of remaining less toxic. Hmm. So that they can have hmm. a better balance of higher amounts, uh, and this is—don't take this connection too directly—but it's it's sort of akin to what we talked about when Brandon Curry was on the show, and when hmm. him him being hmm. over there at Oxygen, where like literally they throw everybody in to this like high volume, like just over the for most people over the top training regime, and if you have the <laughs> genetics to respond to that. The greater the stimulus, the greater the adaptation you can evoke, as long as it's not too much. So people come and go there because they don't. They they may have the possibility of being a better and bigger bodybuilder with a lesser stimulus because that's optimal for them. Yeah. And but it, but over there they're talking about the cream of the crop who can handle the most extensive mm-hmm. stimulus and still adapt from it. And it may maybe that some of the folks out there, of course. Although, I think if you look at the psychological literature, you know, the average person grades themselves being above average, like on average, most people think they're better than average, you know, so that they can't really mathematically be the case. But the average person listening here has average genetics, potentially, at least amongst the listeners. And it may be that, that ramping down, if there are some toxicity issues, obviously you want to eliminate those first and foremost, but making a switch like that might make sense. Dig in on these things. And see, oh shit, like we've got, you know, fractionated peanut oil as a carrier oil in there, or we've got, yeah. um, you know, ethyl oleate or guaiacol, like you could have a combination yeah. of guaiacol, ethyl oleate, <laughs> and, you know, who knows what that could just be like the, the toxic cat catastrophe for someone yeah. where like just taking that out could mean, and with no increase in dose, nothing, just simply removing that toxicity, mm-hmm. which is like putting the brakes on your growth. Um, could make the difference. Have you seen that, Steve? Like in terms of the side effects, we yeah, know, but lot. the growth then get get accelerated.
0: So you'll you'll see that approaches. with Aaron, for example. So we, okay. Yeah. In the, yeah, so you see what Aaron. Aaron just was in China and he didn't have so much. Uh, am I still? You're good. Is my internet okay? You're good. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. 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 I'll continue. So. So, Aaron just moved here a week ago, and in China, he didn't have access to high quality product, but he was still able to get within a second competition up to like 105 kilos on stage, reasonably lean. Right? For a second competition, he was in good shape. He comes here with my connections, switching from dubious ph- uh, pharmaceuticals from China to pharmaceutical grade exclusively. So now we have a perfect example of what's going to happen. So he's going to pick back up and he's going to make significant progress. Of course, people will still have to stay tuned and wait a couple more months for that to happen. But I'm sure his blood work will be significantly better. And he's a good responder, so he doesn't need much. And the funny thing is, like, the the dosages he was running back then in the products he was using in China would not ruin his blood work that much. But I've Hmm. seen blood work of people that ran more or lower dosages and their blood work would be ruined on the same products. So it wasn't the best uh, products that he had access to. Um, And some people just metabolize it poorly, but he was Mm -hmm. still quite resilient to it. And maybe it's because he's only been exposed to pharmaceuticals for two years and had good guidance from the beginning. But I think now that he's going to make make the switch to pharmaceutical grade only, he's, he's going to make significant improvements. Yeah, significant.
2: Yeah, this is cool. Yeah now, I'm, yeah, now I'm definitely going to try to follow along. It'd be cool to post. You, uh, with you're, you're welcome. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you're welcome to That's join cool. in. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, you need to like. <laughs> I was just thinking, you need to have like you know camp vigorous where you bring you rent a big house and you bring people over and let them you know partake of the uh, <laughs> the better marketplace, the better marketplace that you have there. Um, you yeah, know, because it, like there's advantages. Like, this is why you know, this is probably mm-hmm. in part one of our thoughts today is like, why are you in Thailand? And you've, you've already made a good case for it, man.
1: Nice segue, you know? Scott. that was it's a good. good yeah, place. That was it's good. a good
2: place to yeah. be, you know, for a bodybuilder if that's your focus yeah
0: besides uh, besides the heat and the mosquito that just entered the chat um (laughs) it's it's a great place to be (laughs) so the the reason why i came here i think when i was 23 a a friend of mine invited me he just said it's fun here come over and i was due for a holiday so i came and then you know holland is quite restrictive you know uh, taxes wise and you know freedom wise and that was what we're talking about that's Fifteen years ago so it's even worse now probably never been back in a while um, so I'm assuming it's worse I'll ask uh, Wesley Vissers he's, he's coming on a podcast next week so I'll run it past him and um, so I felt so much more of myself here in Thailand um, compared to back home you know bodybuilding is actually appreciated here the bodybuilding community is huge that there's a national team, and and people really go for it, and you know you walk on the street, and people have a positive response to bodybuilders. Whereas in Holland, I always felt that they had a little bit of a negative and condescending response. So I, f- I moved here, and and now I can just live and do whatever I want. That's cool. Pretty man. much. That's nice. Yeah.
2: Are you considered a giant it's... there? Just because? Yeah.
0: You're, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not, yeah. You're like you're a star. I, I, I went to Dubai in Kuwait, and then you walk in there and you're the smallest guy, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not that big. <laughs> right. I'm not that much that of a big guy, but here in Thailand, you're big. But there there's some genetic freaks out here, right? Hmm. There's some really big Thai guys that are 260, 270 pounds, but they're just tall.
1: Oh, yeah. So right. yeah, they're Monsters. like five, five,
0: six. No, they're huge yeah. and, and really hard and dense. And yeah, so... It's really motivating to train here, and a lot of foreigners they moved here to Bangkok or Pattaya, um, or Phuket, somewhere there. And there's a huge bodybuilding community here. We're all kind of kicking back and enjoying their chicken, brown rice, and broccoli uh, dinners, and and, yeah. and go to the pharmacy and get what they need, you know. But again, like the pharmaceuticals here, you really have to be super careful what you purchase because a lot of the the underground labs, or actually most of it, in my opinion, is just pure garbage. No kidding. You know, due to the oils. Yeah, just j- purely due to the oil. So it's, again, it's accurately dosed. It's the active pharmaceutical ingredient. There's no contaminants. There's no risk for infection. Uh, one milliliter valves contain one milliliter, not 0.7, right? Or the ampules, right? And 10 milliliter valves contain 10 milliliters, not nine. So that's all legit. But then the oil is garbage. Um, Probably because they, they ship from India to Thailand and then distribute all over the world. And if it ends up in Canada or Denmark where it's cold, they don't want it to crash. So I do understand from a production perspective that they don't they don't want their product to crash when they ship it everywhere. Mm. Um, but from a consumer perspective it's over time it's kinda deadly yeah. to use those products. Yeah. I
2: hope- have you done a, a cost analysis? I mean, this might be tough information to get from the manufacturer yeah. side, but I mean, does it, is it really worth it from a cost perspective to use the crappy carrier oils, the toxic no. ones? No, to it can't can yeah. be.
0: It can be, you know, because they're already doing the ampules and the blister strips and the the uh-huh. packaging with serial codes and unique numbers and the QR codes. I mean, they put a lot of effort into it. You really got to commend them. Some of these third-world uh, Indian pharmaceuticals. Yeah, they, they put in the effort. Yeah. I think it's just purely they use these synthetic oils just for distribution uh, methods, and and they could easily make it with MCT and and maybe uh, cottonseed. You know, Chase Irons is uh, still watching, so I think he's he's a homebrew master. Maybe maybe those guys can hire Chase for a consultation. Yeah. And just have him on duty in India for a while you know yeah, all you expenses go. paid, first class flight, staying in a nice five-star hotel with good service, bring his wife, bring the dog and then have him go over. Um, yeah, honestly dude, you deserve it and, and everybody would uh, everybody in the world would literally be at your feet because you uh, you prevented cardiovascular disease. If you can huh. make it happen, <laughs> yeah.
1: saving the bodybuilders. So ba-
0: yeah, saving, saving the bodybuilding community. So until Chase Irons to get that sorted, um, yeah, stay clear of Indian. And coming and soon, Chase the
2: ball will be available <laughs> <on the show laughs> worldwide. Yeah.
0: Exactly, at the backstop exactly.
2: where you buy one get ten free. Like it's not suspect at all.
0: It's, no, it's no, but it's a, that's a promotional only for the, the top level educators. It's a promotional there. bulk discount. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'd run it. Right for, I'd run it for sure. Anything from Chase. That's, yeah, absolutely. Ball. Right. right <laughs> so, so Thailand, the life is, is fun, but yeah, it's probably more expensive than living in the Western world hmm. because you have really? to import. Yeah. Because like are the, ah. all the pharmaceuticals are a little bit more expensive because they are imported, not produced locally. Mm. And mm. then, High-quality fish and high-quality chicken and beef, ideally, you get it imported or export quality. No kidding. Yeah.
1: Okay. Huh. Yeah, I would have figured it was all, like, very fresh foods. Like, I know that some places, even, like, when I was in Mexico, the local foods mm. were all, like, super clean and super cheap. But you guys don't have, like... I would have figured that there would be like local fish markets where everything yeah, was just pulled yeah. straight out of the ocean and it was good quality stuff like that and cheap, nah, but that not nah, not so cheap, yeah, huh? Yeah, you can
0: you can get cheap and good quality, but you know. When you want to bodybuild, you also want to make sure that everything is super sanitary and high quality and doesn't get any extra complementary lead or mercury or
1: that yeah kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you you right you you spend a little bit extra. So I, okay. I spend a fortune here, but it, it, it's probably also because you become your health conscious as you get older.
1: Yeah,
0: and uh, I just want the highest quality of everything. You know, the highest, the best gym, and the best pharmaceuticals, and the best food. So, you know, best, best wife and best house and, and, and right. all of that just costs a little bit more, a little bit more effort to uh, get done. But you can live here very, very cheaply if you want to. You know, you can get a $130 condominium furnished with a bed. Okay, what I've yeah, heard, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. You'll, of course, you'll have $130 a month neighbors, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> if you have some earplugs, you can sleep, you know, right. and uh, you can... Like I went with Aaron to 7-Eleven at like two o'clock in the morning because we were hungry. And then you get a uh, minute rice, two servings and chicken breast and cooked eggs and some kimchi and 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 some sauce and some steamed vegetables. So you, you can micromanage meals like this at 7-Eleven yeah. for 3 wow. $4, $5 in total. You get your protein, your carbs, your vegetables. And and uh, so you, you can throw in some elements you know uh, roasted in uh, rice bran oil, so you oh. can get you know everything. There's no prep services. There, again, there's great gyms in most city. You know warehouse gyms. Most of them no air conditioning. Would, uh, would,
2: would you, uh, quick before we leave the Seven Eleven, would you say yeah. that's healthier than the hot dogs on the roller and a pretzel? You know um, the American Seven Eleven.
0: If you have a death wish, I think that's pretty equal. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh,
0: man. The trick here is not not to read the packaging. So it says chicken, and that's where you stop. Yeah. yeah. I think if I turned it around, and I would see like e-numbers, you know, emulsifier and, uh, you know, (laughs) whatever starts they put in there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But I, it, I do have a, can two be, questions for you, because this is so fascinating to me, because you're making me want to, if I can get my dogs over, you make me want to move. Um, yeah, i can, so you you can set, set you up. up. I the language?
0: I speak a decent amount of Thai, yeah, it's but it's difficult. Okay. It's difficult to learn. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't have to, because most of the people that you hang out with are foreigners. And I, I coach many Thai bodybuilders over the last 10, 15 years that I've been here. But most of them speak good English also. Hmm. And, you know, the the, the Thai bodybuilders that don't speak English, again, like we said at the start of this uh, podcast, right, if you want to learn, you have to speak English. That's where all the information is. So many of them, they learned English by themselves because they, they knew that the information in Thailand was not sufficient they'd rather have right. a foreign coach or they get a bad experience with a thai coach that is still um you know a little bit behind on the information so most people speak good english here and if you do speak thai um the only benefit that you have is ordering food hmm. right where you when right. you go to a restaurant yeah when you go to a restaurant where they don't really speak english imagine, that's the only benefit or you
1: know? imagine that level of desire one would have to have to be good at bodybuilding like in the U.S., we can just take it for granted. You just click a button on YouTube and you watch this video and Steve tells you how to do it. Imagine if before yeah. you even figured any of that out, you first had to learn a new language. Like that says a lot about how much somebody really wants to learn something if they're willing to yeah. like learn a language in order to get the education they need.
0: And and they're all over Asia, Southeast Asia. You see people like in Macau, you know, they're, they speak Chinese, Cantonese and, and or what is it, Mandarin? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. And they just purposely go to school to learn English to get the information because the local information is not sufficient for them to yeah. get to the highest level. Hmm. I've had clients in Bhutan, Cambodia, Laos, Vietnam, you know, with perfect English, but they had to learn it for bodybuilding. Actually, one of my former clients signed up with Andrew Barry. Oh,
1: nice. um, And
0: he speaks perfect English. Yeah, he's from Vietnam. And he speaks perfect uh-huh. English. And he's a hard worker. And... Um, so you, you really see that the guys that excel in English, they, they also excel in their bodybuilding uh, you know aspirations and their journey, So yeah, and they usually do work, quite well.
1: People willing to work for it, like really willing to work, learn a new language. It's a lot, man.
0: No, you have to, yeah, you have to, because that, that's why a lot of bodybuilders move to the States, right? So they can be right in the action.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the,
2: the question I had that's kind of related to that is, and this is what I did when I was in Arizona, I'd like to do this now where I am, in here in florida is i wondered if you could make a connection with like the actual person who's selling the the fish at the market i did this with a rancher back in um arizona mm-hmm. and i knew like he was using these africanized cows and i could get the and they 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 ate the jojoba bean um that grows there locally and which is rich in some really high quality fats and the beef was awesome and i knew i mean it was he wasn't uh, certified organic, but I knew what he was doing because we had conversations mm-hmm. all the time. I wondered if maybe that would be the way to go, and then you get a big freezer, you know. And I would buy like a hundred yeah, pounds of meat from it at a time. Yeah,
0: that's what I do. Yeah, that's what I do. Okay. So I have a wholesale okay. distributor where that oh, they they supply to the the restaurants, right? The high class restaurants, yeah. and I just buy maybe $500 worth of groceries at a time. They deliver it and I put it in my chest freezer.
1: Nice. So Ah, Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I have the water delivered and because you can't drink the tap water here and I don't really trust even the most expensive reverse osmosis machines. So I get the water delivered and and we get everything delivered now. My my wife is great at shopping online. (laughs) Um, so, So I can get like, um, here you don't do half cows, you don't, because the cow, the, 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 local cows are not really that the beef is not really good quality, but I can get half a cow from New Zealand and it's all packaged mm. up hmm. from the distributor. And I can get, you know, 20 kilos of salmon from Norway and, you know, Atlantic salmon that's uh, wild caught. And again, you pay an arm and a leg for it, but with the yeah. rice, I could get it from the distributor also. I can order 50 kilos of rice if I want to. And it comes in a, you know, in a pallet. And then, yeah, so that, that's, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, you can easily yeah. do that, yeah. Because we, we go through so much food, you know, as, yeah. as bodybuilders, so you just get everything wholesale, then why go to the grocery store when you can get it delivered? Mm-hmm. And the rest of the time you can do cardio yeah. or, or, you know, relax, take naps. Yeah.
2: And the thing is, is like, this is a model, you sort of, ha- you, you, because of your, your orientation towards health, and mm-hmm. knowing what's out there in the marketplace, this is the strategy you've taken but you can do the same thing in the US. We just don't typically because there's stuff everywhere
1: mm-hmm. you can get yeah. stuff
2: so easily yeah. but you can yeah. you could we have Costco even you know Costco and Sam's club and places like that but you can go I did that when I was in in grad school in, in uh, Georgia actually I would go directly to distributor and I would buy 20-pound 20, 20 bags of chicken, and I was actually like the chicken dealer from my <laughs> for my department. I would bring people frozen bags of, of chicken hey. breasts. It was like a dollar a pound. It was nothing. You exactly. Know? You, Put, you save so
0: much money that way. You do. You save so yeah. much money, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's usually what I've always done. And you can do it in many different countries. Some of the grocery stores, they also have like a minimum order. So if you order for $200 or $300, they would just deliver it to your house. If they have a delivery service, the downside of that is that they will just grab whatever's in the aisle. Yeah. So if you want a nice piece of beef, you actually still have to go there and kind of cherry pick, you know, what you want. Because, you know, you get the 10% beef instead of the 5% that you want. Right. You know, just as an example. So it's, yeah, but you can, you can live here very conveniently. And if you have a girlfriend or an assistant, you know, I'm, I'm, a lot of guys, they contact me now for an assistant. So I hook them up and then I said, oh, this girl is still available or this guy he can help you out. You rent them for, you know, $300 a month and they will just do everything for you, you know, order the wow. foods and help you with, uh, you know, with all the little things that you need. And then you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, last last five minutes crew checking in. Are we at the last five minutes already? We're we're Shit.
1: getting there, yeah.
0: We're getting there. Oh no. <laughs> so it's um yeah, it's it's a very convenient place to live, but the country really opens up if you have a solid and, and, and good girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever the preference is, or a couple of good buddies that are have been here for a while. Like Aaron has as me as this solid connection, and then whatever he needs I um, delegate it to my wife and she'll take care of it. It, 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 opens the country tremendously that way. So do you
2: cool. have a, a, a plate guy for the gym to, unlo- like, like Dennis I, James can. Have yeah. the the day. I can,
0: yeah, I can, okay. I can, I can hire one. Yeah. If I wanted to, I can get a plate guy just like yeah. Dennis James. It, it yeah. would save a lot of, t- I think, I think it will do that actually. When, when Aaron is going into prep, I'll just hire uh-huh. a plate guy, you know, just to show up and it will, it will probably cost like $10 a session. Yeah, maybe less. It'd be so. If weird. I make it a full but, time, but
2: you're losing out on the neat though of un- racking and unracking the plates. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that's
0: half the fun, you know, dragging the, all the plates from one leg press to the yeah. other yeah. leg press. It's part <laughs> of the workout. That's where you yeah. burn the fat. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, yeah. part of the workout. Yeah. Yeah. You keep your heart rate elevated. You know, you turn into a high intensity workout.
2: I mean, speak. I think you were on the po- yeah, you were Scott on a podcast with John, of course, where he mentioned Andrew asked him mm-hmm. about his strategy of during during prep, like doing a lap around the gym. Between
1: oh, the sets. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It increases meat.
0: Yeah, like you don't want to take yeah. – yeah, yep. Yeah, not on leg day though, but in the other workouts, you just walk around in the gym in between uh-huh. sets and you can keep your heart rate elevated and you get a little bit of fat loss in there. And, you know, maybe yeah. during the deep off-season, it's kind of uh, counterproductive, especially if you have legs that need to be brought up. But I think right. during, you know, dieting, you know, it's standing desk – And, uh, you know, so you're on your feet all day and walking in between sets. I think that could shave an hour of cardio off the day, whereas during cardio, you know, a lot of guys would slowly disappear their legs.
1: Plus, not to mention, you know, like you got to lose 10 pounds because you're coming right into that show. You're in those Mm. Thailand gyms without uh, any air conditioning. You're just, you know. Cut two laps and you're down seven pounds already from oh, the, yeah, the water loss. Yeah, you know? e- easily. Well, a
0: lot of guys they come here and they sweat so much and they lose so much electrolytes they start cramping. So we actually oh, have yeah. salt. Yeah. yeah, we have salt behind the counter <laughs> because a lot of yeah, we, yeah. Because a lot of people they just lose electrolytes like crazy and especially during summer. If you go to the gym now at one p.m., you'll yeah. get heat stroke.
1: Like what? What 100%. are we talking temperature wise?
0: Um, well, if, I'll have to calculate it real I, quick. So today was. Yeah. Celsius to Fahrenheit. Um, okay. So it was 38 Celsius today. said so it was 100.4.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. And that's
0: like probably really humid too, like like jungle 104. Yeah, 75 to 85%. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. I would yeah, die. It's not, it's I would not, not, die there. It's not, but you get used to it after a while. Yeah. 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 You get used to it after a while. Yeah. It's, it's like it's, that here in
2: Florida. I like to train like out, you know, outside when I can. I yeah. actually like that. Cause it kind of, it kind of like, it's, it's kind of like, it kind of pisses me off a little bit sometimes that it's so hot and it helps yeah. with training. Yeah. It's like, it, it makes just, it harder, you know? It yeah. makes
1: you ornery.
0: It, it makes <laughs> yeah. the, the weights, the heavy weights, like you're, you're kind of gassed sooner because you really need to radiate yeah. all your heat away, yeah. but it also makes it easier to warm up. So if you got some yeah. body parts that are kind of achy, like, you know, sore knees and elbows and well, it catches up with all of us. Right. Then it makes warming up a little bit easier yeah so there's yeah. there's something and and you know it's it's a more friendly environment women wear less so that helps
1: <laughs> uh
0: in the gym you know so that's you know, in between sets when you're walking around it's uh, hey, <laughs> it's, uh
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah makes it makes it a lot more tolerable.
2: women train pretty hard over there too i i've seen i remember um Lyle McDonald, when he was on that rampage talking about reps and reserve, and he had some video mm-hmm. clips that were submitted to him. I think there were two women from Thailand that he. Oh, really? He, okay. he, yeah, I think he he was doing like a velocity analysis, rep tempo, and you know, and sort of you can use that as a surrogate for how close you are to failure. Yeah. So obviously, as fatigue uh, um, encroaches into the set, you should be the rep should be slowing because the muscle's fatigued, right? And he had, there were a couple women in in, uh, Thailand, I think, if I remember this correctly, that he, they were, they, they basically took, I think they even were doing like drop sets and stuff. They're training like maniacs. So is that, is that, is it a kind of a hardcore men and women there?
0: Yeah. So the the fitness, the fitness industry has exploded over the last 10 years. Like before there was only one gym. Basically you had universe gym, you know, the old Dennis James gym and then power zone after that. And now there are hundreds of gyms. So it, it's really getting popular and popular and popular. But the women did train insane also because they see yeah. the bodybuilders train insane, so that's what they do. So my cool. wife trained like a maniac. Yeah, she trained like a maniac when I met her. And then I showed a little bit more about progressive overload and, and you know, structuring your workout. And then she started competing and basically won everything, you know, wow. up to the world world championships level. Yeah, so a lot of, a lot of women train hard. We have powerlifters and, and you know, uh, figure and and bodybuilder girls and the mr thailand is full with female classes so it's it's really popular over here yeah yeah that's why the bodybuilding community here is so so great you know people are quite close and the bodybuilding community is usually quite close um especially the local gyms yeah so that's you know and a lot of buffet places so everybody goes out to eat oh nice yeah goes to bulk every every Saturday. <laughs> I see yeah. the
1: gears turning Scott you're I see the yeah. Gears, oh yeah you just bought a house you just moved you you you're gonna are you gonna rent check, it out, check out the <laughs> face. Yeah, I know. Airbnb oh yeah that, that's
2: the it's, first thing I do when I look for an Airbnb I look for a gym and hopefully a sushi buffet They're yeah, yeah. so the, you, you
0: got a, you got a lot of that here yeah, yeah. this is yeah. of all the countries that i have been to and I haven't been to the states yet but maybe maybe this year or next year well, totally um, yeah, I, sh- I should. Uh, hopefully, around the Olympia. That would be fucking cool. Nice. Um, so, of all the places that I've been to, Europe, I've been all over. Um, Asia, I've been all over. And then Dubai and Kuwait. I think this is top three. Top three, top four of the most bodybuilder-friendly country on the planet.
1: Wow. That's cool, man.
0: Yeah. Cool. All things considering, good. you know? Like, UK is great, but it's cold. And you can get everything you need yeah. there. Great gym, great bodybuilder communities, but it's still cold. Yeah. So... I would uh, rather be here. No. Yeah, and Dubai is hot too. Dubai is also a great country. Have you been there? I have not, no. Doc, nor have I, no. no. You, could be, you guys could do seminars there, there for, for days.
2: I know, this is what I've, this is what a connection. I'm actually going over to the UK. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to drop any names just in case, you know, this is going to work out. But the person who I'm in mm-hmm. contact with over there also has some connections in Dubai. So okay. I've heard that would just be uh, amazing. But I do have a story and I wondered if this, maybe this isn't the case yeah. anymore. This is from years ago. There was a, and he's passed on now, um, a bodybuilder, just a wonderful human being, but a friggin', mm. like over the top maniac as far as a bodybuilder. This guy was extreme in every regard. Justin Rice, he went, he was from New Zealand. Um, okay. Big mm. dude, used to do 405 pound behind the neck presses for like 10 reps. Ooh. Um, wow. back in Ronnie's heyday, he has he sent me a picture once of him standing next to Ronnie when Ronnie was three twenty and they're the same mm-hmm. size. Like he's Marcus Rule, Ronnie oh. Coleman size. He's oh, wow. a big dude. And he was in Thailand for a while. He had he's one of those like just happy go lucky guys that just really didn't pay yeah. attention to the, the legal nature of things around him. So he just um, kind of did whatever he wanted and he got in trouble a bit. Um, spent some time in prison. But he wasn't like this hardened mm-hmm. like prisoner, but he was in Thailand. And he said, what happened, this is maybe when they just had a couple gyms is he would go to the buffets with whoever's training partner, which was about an equal sized guy. Mm-hmm. And eventually they knew like, there's just, they're just losing money every time he walks in the door. And what they would do is they'd walk in and the, and the, the, the restaurant owners basically were like, you know, it's, it behooves us just to give them a free plate and then send them on their way. So he would go to one restaurant and he'd get one plate free and then they say okay <laughs> now you go you go now <laughs> and then they go to the next place and they just like restaurant hop and they'd not have to pay for anything because they wouldn't let them stay and pay because they would eat you know eight plates of food
1: yeah
0: yeah oh um, wow yeah yeah so it was, to, I was, yeah, I was the, I the,
2: through the, in my head of thailand like it that doesn't
0: doesn't surprise me yeah i mean the Thais are very kind and uh they're yeah. not very confrontational so they'll, they'll find a way to say like hey, you know that's enough please. You're bankrupting yeah. us. Yeah. But yeah, I could totally right. see that happening, you know, because I've been to the hotel buffet of the Marriott a couple of times. and we go a group of people, 12, you know, all bodybuilders, all over 225 pounds. And of course you go there starving. Yeah. Right? And you take your berberine before and, and then some guys would Maybe take some human insulin. log, you know, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. <little> log, <laughs> the bathroom. And then, uh, you know, you go there and you just keep eating and eating and eating, you know, and then the staff would come said You guys are, you know pushing what we could right. consider to be normal for a buffet yeah and this is right. a five-star hotel buffet you know so <laughs> yeah usually usually they're kind of nice about it uh but you know oh, just yeah. like most countries you don't you don't push the boundaries too much because then you get in trouble yeah
2: yeah yeah no,
0: no. Oh, sounds <laughs> but awesome, it's, it's it's it's, it's 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 a great place yeah it's a great place there's uh the bodybuilding community is very very good besides one well, let's not go there. Uh, and but everybody else besides that guy is, uh, yeah, it's great, man. It's a, it's a good place. So if you ever want to come, let me know, Scott. Both Scots are always uh, well warm welcome, and I'll oh, make man. sure you get the limousine and the uh, red carpet treatment because <laughs> I I know I know a couple places where uh, it's very very bodybuilder friendly.
1: That would be cool. cool. That would be cool. You know I either. want to see you do Please. it, Scott. That way, I can live vicariously through you. I don't think uh-huh. I'm going anywhere for the next year until Victoria's situated and settled. So oh, you, you go, a- you go, and I'll watch.
0: You need another under ho- honeymoon, you know, like a proper honeymoon, like yeah. a five star hotel honeymoon yeah. on the beach. Ooh. And then just you, and then I can be your best man. Um, <laughs> if you can bring your family in, I'll find Aaron too. He can be your, uh, you know, your bellboy to help be carry good. all the heavy stuff yeah be i'll find good. some friends for you and then we have a it's huge uh huge party
2: <laughs> the tax write-off scott like literally it's a business trip
1: yeah you know? well, you're giving yeah. me yeah, some ideas it. you're giving me some ideas all right I well let's just set up with some banking too let's wrap oh yeah we, we need to do that let's talk off the air uh <laughs> and with that note man i appreciate you guys both taking the time to come and hang out here <laughs> uh steve uh we're gonna have links obviously for everything we had some stuff that we talked about earlier guys i'll have that link down below uh and of course go to visit vigorous steve uh go to uh, we mentioned too the the be your own bodybuilding coach byobbcoach.com you can reach out to uh find scott's book there as well as the fortitude training guide fortitude training is like 20 bucks so if you haven't if you haven't even looked at it then just freaking buy it just so you can look at it figure it out for yourself and of course idea. check out our great it's sponsors Go to uh, truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK right here, True nutrition And uh, check out supplementsource.ca for everybody in Canada. Get yourself some ephedrine, a bunch of other stuff over there. Guys, this is uh, this has been a pleasure. And as I can see from our live feed, we've had a lot of people that were excited to see this collaboration. So thank you. Yeah. This was uh, awesome. Yeah,
0: Thanks so much, both Scots. This, uh, yeah. Finally, I got on muscle minds
1: <laughs> Arrived.
0: Yes. See you guys, appreciate it. Take care.